Welcome, Linton. Coffee with Pros. Happy to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, tell us a little bit more about what you do. What's your specialty? Well, what I do is I have a background in mortgage, but what I do is I uh, restructure debt, debt resolution, which is very different than debt settlement, but most people associated that. And, right. And they right, and they call it uh, debt consolidation. I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah. Consolidating debt can be a loan to pay off your debt. It just means the definition of consolidation, putting everything into one like re refinances from two years ago. Yeah, yeah. You're just consolidating. And it can have short-term effects on credit. We'll get into that more. But debt settlement, the basic difference between debt settlement and debt resolution is debt settlement is an old-school way of doing it. And we'll get into the details, and this will make more sense. But what it is is uh, debt settlement is you would stop paying your creditors. Mm -hmm. That's the one hurdle. People say, oh, i got to pay my credit. i got to pay my debts every month. Yes, you should, okay? But you got to realize at some point, where is that taking you, okay? Can they do this without you? Can they contact their credit card and, companies and, and try and to do it? negotiate that. Yeah, but you don't get the settlements, and they usually want a one-time cash settlement. Mm -hmm. and now, if you have the cash in the bank, could you stop paying your creditors for 90 to 120 days and call them up and offer them some of, some of it? Yeah, but... A lot of them won't deal with individuals. They'll deal with companies. Okay. Because they have, because they actively participate in this because there are a lot of tax incentives for the companies to write off the debt. Okay. So by using a company in a service, it's like using a, uh, and you have experience in this, like a uh, home decorator. Mm -hmm. You hire a home decorator, they'll almost save you on your furniture what their cost, what their fees are. They're buying on in, in bulk, of exactly. course. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they have relationship in the, and, and they get better prices on the products. And so they almost cover themselves. Exactly, the like brokers. Kind. Yeah, it's the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, we have yeah. investors and we get yeah, interest Yeah, your service rates. is covered by the right. savings they provide you. And then you don't have to deal with it. Right. And so it's very similar in that way. And you let the professionals handle it. All you need to do is don't deal with your creditors. Just, as we say, just ghost them. And I always uh, tell people exactly what to say to them. And there's a few little side things we do, too. Um, but... Mostly, it's just you just back off your creditors, stop them, put the cards away, don't use them, or loans. Mm -hmm. And Not every single creditor is involved in this, so it has to be a screening process. You want a reputable person who has experience because you don't want to enroll all your debt and find out in 90 days that they can't settle some of it. There's been issues with a lot of people that I've worked with in the past. Yeah, a lot of things have happened, and these have been shady people that they've worked with. They just yeah. pocket the cash and then nowhere to be found. Well, that's why any legitimate company does not earn a penny until they do what they say they're going to do. Now, attorneys, some people feel more comfortable with using an attorney. Now, most companies have a, of, uh, you have legal protection mm -hmm. against lawsuits. Okay, but if you use an attorney... Garnishment, wage garnishments, levies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, the thing is now with, with uh, debt resolution, it never gets that far. Okay? Because what it costs for these companies to set up collections and go to court and get judgments. It takes months right. and a lot more money. And most creditors don't do that. There are a couple of aggressive creditors that are a little more difficult. But if you have experienced um, represented, people representing you, it's not an issue. We know exactly what to expect from these creditors as long as you follow the rules. Okay. So they have to follow instructions. Yes. And the basic thing is make sure – basically the process works is – you hire a company to do your debt resolution for you. You enroll at least 90% of your qualified debt. Qualified debt meaning it can't be secured. Some secured debt can be accepted but it, with household items, but if it's secured by a title or like anything a car. with wheels. Yeah, right. you can't do it because they'll come get the car. Yeah. And a lot of loans people take out, they don't realize that when they signed it, they didn't give their title or pink slip to the company, but they have a right to to uh, repossess the car mm -hmm. anyways. So that is a secured loan. Are you talking about like the title loans out there? Yeah, title loans. But some lenders, if you have one or two loans out already, they're not going to give you another unsecured loan. You're going to have to secure it by something. Mm. And it's intimidation tactic that creditors use. When I say creditors, it's more lenders. Okay. You know, your best egg, lending club, some of these companies, a lot of them. And I don't call them predatory lenders, but they can be very high interest rate. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, reservation loans and these kind of things, and tribal loans. Right. They're two, three, four hundred percent. And then 
you get worse than that, you're talking uh, payday loans. You're talking about like the cash calls. <laughs> yeah, and the payday loans, exactly. Yeah. The payday loans are the worst of the worst. Yeah, they are. You, you'll never get out alive. Yeah, you end up in this vicious cycle. Yeah. And that's what we get people out of, mm-hmm. okay? And the services we provide um, are very genuine because we help people and we change their lives like you do, getting people into their homes. Right, and that's the whole point of this podcast, to educate people, educate consumers, a lot of people are in debt and they feel like there's no hope, there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So that's why we have you here to provide some sort of a timeline for someone that's thinking of buying a home within the next year or two. They they have bad credit at the moment, but they can prepare themselves with the right tools, save a little down payment as well while they're in this debt resolution program. And how, how long did you say the timeline was typically? Well, it, it, there's a lot of variables, but and I have I have signed up a lot of people in debt resolution programs, and their goal is to buy a house. When they tell me that right off the bat, we want to get into a house. We're hoping to get it in the next two years. My first question is, how much down payment do you have? Mm-hmm. None. Okay. What are your savings plans? Well, we don't really. You're not saving any money each month right now. No. Budgeting. Yeah, exactly. That's the key. First of all, I go over a budget and I create a budget with them, okay? And then what we do is we say, okay, we look at their credit. Your credit scores are great, okay? That's not a problem. But as you very well know, credit scores don't qualify you for a mortgage. No, there's many factors. Yes. They can, they, they're a main factor in quali- qualifying you for an interest rate, but not for a mortgage. Right. Like you've had people with high 700 credit scores, you can't get them approved. With no work, no income, no repayment ability? No, I yeah, can't. Yeah, their debt to income is over, off the charts high. And especially now with inflation and everything, it's made it even more challenging. There are other programs, though, for individuals that have no, let's call it W-2 employment. Right. There's bank statement programs. There are asset depletion programs, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But we're here to talk about how to, how to get people into homes that are paying their paying maybe more than their minimum credit cards, okay? But if you do the math, uh, they're looking at eight years to pay it off at where they're at, and that's if they never touch it. Right. And, you know, realistically, you are tempted to touch it. You have available credit, especially, like you said, how how things are right now with inflation. Uh, Cost of just everything has gone up exponentially. So you go to the store, get some eggs. You have a family to feed. You buy some milk, some meat. You have to tap into that credit card. There's no choice. And then you go, yeah, but my credit card isn't maxed. Okay, you're using $400 on a month, and you're paying $300. You're going to end up in a – you're going to run into a brick wall here. That's – yeah. And then when creditors see that after a few months, they will lower your limits. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you're pinned. You can't access the credit anymore because it's, it's filled up. You're making your minimum payments, and you're in this cycle that they purposely kind of try to corner you into. Right, it's a vicious As cycle. As you know with credit cards, and most people do know, is when you get up over like 80% of usage – your interest rate goes up. Mm-hmm. Your payment doesn't go up. No. So more of it goes towards interest. Right. And then you're in a 10, 12-year cycle to pay that credit card off. Right. That's where we help people, even before they get into that situation. But if they're heading down that road, they need to take a step back. So let, let's let's take the homeowners into account right now. So I know previously we we're talking about first-time homebuyers, people thinking of buying. Right. Existing homeowners, they can potentially tap into that equity, not necessarily do a – First, refinance, because we all know that a lot of people refinance into the low rates, 2.875, rates under 3.5, which I don't recommend it. I don't recommend a refinance if you're going to touch that first mortgage and there's no benefit. I only recommend it if there's no alternative. There is a benefit as far as you freeing up some cash flow and if you can take advantage of that additional interest deduction. If, if you talk to your tax person, you take advantage of that tax deduction, it doesn't matter if you go from a 3% to a 10%, 15%. You can deduct that interest. There's a benefit to you right there, as long as you can make that payment. But for the people that don't have the option to do so, I always advise, hey, talk to your credit union. Go look into a home equity loan. Look into a closed-end second loan to pay off all, all of that debt. Yeah, but then a lot of advisors won't recommend putting attaching a unsecured debt to a secured asset, like a home, Mm -hmm. okay? So I'm not a big fan of doing that. I like to keep the home, the home, and the credit, the credit, or the credit cards, that kind of debt, somewhat separately. But in many cases, it is smart because of the tax advantages to do that, to tap into your equity to pay off debt. 
Absolutely. If there is a tax advantage. But a lot of people <clears throat> wait too long. Yeah. That's the problem. They wait until their credit cards are filled up. And the credit which score Which obviously tank their credit scores mm -hmm. and their debt to income. And they can't do a refinance. And in this market right now, with the rates being a little higher, it makes it even more challenging. Yes. For a lot of people. So, but to get people into a home, first-time buyers that are looking for a plan, a hard plan. Because it's if it's just a dream, we want to get a home in in 24 months what is your plan what is right. your path to get there yeah okay that's what i provide with my mortgage background and doing debt for quite a few years now is i'm able to put people on a path to get into a home now they say well won't that ruin my credit okay do your credit scores take a hit in the beginning of a debt resolution program absolutely sure. they do because you're stopping your payments mm -hmm. okay now you will get phone calls from creditors, likely. Not all creditors do it. Because a lot of these creditors now participate. And any reputable debt resolution company will normally get in touch with that creditor in the first 45 to 60 days. So do you guys send them a letter of intent? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, power of attorney, a limited okay. power of okay. attorney. So we can contact them and we send them that letter. Then that credit card company or creditor knows what's coming and then they contact you so yeah. are you assigned a case manager or it's just yes. random okay yes i'm on more of the front end setting people up but then you have the negotiators okay that are the professionals yeah. that negotiate and they have relationships with people at like american express or capital one they they know their counter over there mm -hmm. and they do the bulk they put a book of debt together and they negotiate a book of debt okay so that and back to your question earlier can a individual do this yeah they don't come to them with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to negotiate. Right. They come up with their eight, ten thousand dollar credit card or whatever it is. Well, that's relevant. The same thing happens with us when an individual is trying to obtain a loan from a direct lender or a bank. They're only presenting their one loan to the bank, to the direct lender. Right. As opposed to us as a mortgage broker, we present countless loans to our investors and we have these relationships, and that's why we're able to get lower interest rates as opposed to a direct lender or a bank. So the yeah. same formula applies. It, it is, it is. And it's, it's, it's very beneficial in many ways because you get a very predictable settlement. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it's most reputable resolution companies will get about 50%. Wow. Okay. Get about 50% knocked off of your debt. Now, how does this company, resolution company, how do they make their money? Mm -hmm. Let's hit on that. Basically, the standard in the industry is 25%. So they save you. They You have $10,000 in debt. They get a settlement in place for $5,000. We just saved the client $5,000. That is split between the client and the company. Now, the company does not make a penny until they do that. So the process is like this. You stop paying the creditors. They and It takes normally three to six months to get all settlements in place. Different creditors have different criteria. The creditors have to wait a certain amount of time before they can write off the debt. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have to build up a little bit of money in there. So when we're negotiating, we have money to start making payments to them. So what the, con the company's contacted, they start the negotiations. They go back and forth a little bit, depending on the book of business that they have, the book of debt they have that particular month. And then they come up with a flat amount and a structured payment plan always within 40, 48 months. Okay, so that's the standard, yes, roughly. that's standard, Okay, 48, 48 months. months. And they set up uh, payment plans. So as a, as a consumer, do you have to provide some sort of financial statement to determine this? No, no? there's no, no income, nothing like that. No income provided, it's done on just a budget. Okay. Because you're showing hardship by not paying your creditors. Right. Now, if they go through and go, this person's making 20 grand a month and we're doing $8,000 in debt, what's going on here? That can be an issue. But people making that kind of money with that kind of debt, there's something else going on right. deeper than that. Exactly. Okay. That needs to be addressed. And our professionals, they will, they're very, they ask a lot of questions because they need to get to know your situation because everybody's situation is very different. Right. Like you with your clients, they're all different. Mm -hmm. Every situation, their wants, their needs, their timings, everything. So the negotiation gets done. Our company feels it's absolutely the best that's going to be done. We get it in writing. We contact the client. And client says, hey, we got this company. 
to accept this amount of money, and it's normally 50% on this payment structure. Are you good with that? Yes. What happens if they say no? They say no, we go back to the table Okay. for them. Do they have to show some sort of proof why that payment's not good no. enough for them? No, they can okay. say no. Okay. Okay? But that just prolongs things. Mm -hmm. Okay? And most people want to get out of debt, and they want to get lendable again as soon as possible. So that happens as soon as they say yes, and they can they start making those payments, correct? Yes. Then they're depositing in their the client is depositing money into a independent trust account that's in their name, nobody else's name, it's their money. And what happens is, as soon as the uh, they approve the deal, they sign off on it. What we do is we start taking the money each month out of that trust account, the client's trust account, and sending it directly to the creditors. Now the client knows this. They have portals, they have apps, they see everything that's going on the entire time. All they need to worry about is making their deposit into that trust account every month. Well, everything else is taken care of. What happens if they fall behind on that payment? Well, since it's a performance-based product that we have, we have the right to discontinue services because we need their money to do yeah. our job. Right. Okay. And then let's say it let's say you guys discontinue them. Are they completely elim eliminated from reapplying no never okay never. so they can you guys discontinue it and then will you guys reconsider them if there's some hardship circumstances yes okay yes the bottom line is we want to work with them yeah most of the people that we work with are uh not in not necessarily all in trouble but they're kind of heading that way yeah or we're trying to fulfill a dream what about the people that are completely in trouble well as long as they're not um they've not been served on oh. a debt okay it can still be negotiated but once they're served, that's a whole nother legal realm With, that uh, most companies will stay away from. Okay. Because you don't know what you're walking into at that point. Okay. So as long as it's not served, they can be delinquent. But not all debt can be included, like I was talking about. Secured. And there's some lenders that just will not negotiate, period. Tra like you said, anything on wheels. Trailers. Yeah, the security. Vehicles, yeah, motorcycles. Anything like that. Recreational yeah. vehicles, title loans, anything like that, you don't touch. Normally, you can't negotiate anything that it has shorter than a 12-month term, okay? And then most companies have a minimum of around $250 in debt to enroll you because it's just not worth the company making a percentage. Right, right. There's just no money in it for anybody. And those, if you can't work out and settle a $250 creditor, again, there's some other issues involved. Right. But to get somebody in a, in a position to buy a home is, yes, you're going to take a step back to get those two steps forward to get to your dream. Right, and that's why it takes a minimum of 18 months? Yeah, I least. would say credit-worthy-wise, 18 to 24 months, because you're going to get a couple of late payments right. on your credit. Okay, Not all creditors are going to mark you late, but some will. Mm -hmm. So we have to assume they are. And what happens once they are in this program? Does their status change on the credit report? Does, does it state they're on in, in some sort of settlement plan? Uh, well, again, the creditor has a right to state it any way they want legally. Mm -hmm. They can just not, just show a zero. Okay. They can say this account was settled for less, it was settled for less than what was owed. But they, it's better than that. being delinquent and charged off. But you know underwriters yeah. Yeah. in the mortgage business. The gatekeepers. Yes, they are. <laughs> we both <laughs> dealt with them many, many, many times. Yeah. They... The basics now, it may have changed a little bit, it, you could fill me in on, is after 24 months, beyond 24 months, they don't care about late payments. Not necessarily. Yeah, they really as don't As long care. as you have reestablished credit, they can show that repayment ability, yeah. it doesn't really and matter. And if account had lates on it, but it has a zero balance, There's, they maybe want a reason. And you need to prove, uh, show some contribu contributing factors as well. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and there's other things that what happened. Right. And as long as you have an explanation. Correct. So after 18 months, you may still show a few late payments within that 24-month window. Sure. Okay? And as long as you explain, I went through a program, I've reestablished my credit, I have um, some new credit, I have I kept one of my old accounts open, maybe a store charge. Mm -hmm. That shows a depth of credit, a history. That's a good thing. So if it's done right, within 18 to 24 months, one, you've been saving Hundreds of dollars a month on your debt. You're paying all on principal now. Let us hope. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so say you were paying $1,000 a month in your debt, which is not unusual for people. Right. You're kind of maintaining it unless you're tripling up on a credit card payment. You're not doing much more than that. So you're able to cut that payment down to, say, maybe four or 500 So we just freed up 
five to six hundred dollars a month for you. You should be saving a large portion of that. So do the math. How much can you save in eighteen to twenty four months? And that and requires a lot of discipline too. It does. Yeah. But so does being a homeowner. Right. So you have to train you, that way. exactly. You have to prepare yourself yeah. for it. So this isn't just I wanna I have seven hundred and fifty credit scores, I wanna go buy a house. Yeah. No. No, there's a lot more involved in that. Absolutely. And then you get with somebody like work with somebody like yourself who has the experience to be able to guide you on the other part of that. We also have, you know, for individuals that, let's say they have accounts that they were paid and they were misreported, uh, we can do rapid rescores as well. Yeah. It's done within, and everyone in our industry has that ability to do so. You pay a couple bucks, 35, 40 bucks, and get it done within five days, as long as you have the proof, and that helps boost up your score. Yeah, and along those lines too is, Another reason for using a quality company to do your debt resolutions, they will make sure those creditors report you correctly. Okay. Okay, that's another thing that most people do on their own. They don't know. You guys handhold all the way till the last payment is made? Yeah. We make sure everything's, once it's settled and it's paid, we make sure the reporting is correctly. It shows a zero balance. I'm sure you've had some problems. What about uh, these creditors that are reluctant to do so? Well, aggressive creditors are like uh, Discover. Even though they've been paid? Let's say they can be aggressive in the beginning mm -hmm. because Discover and American Express do most of the collections in house. You don't see them selling their debt very often. So that makes them a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. So they tend to turn to summonses and things like that quicker. Now, a summons is just a notification hey, we're going to do something to you kind of thing. We have uh, most companies will have a protection there. There's, you pay a little, maybe a $10 a month fee to have some sort of legal protection. Now, it may not be them going to court and defending you. Of course. That's rare. But it, they'll tell you, they'll, they'll write a letter to that creditor immediately, and they'll make that creditor the top priority. Then they will instruct you on exactly what to do. Okay. Okay, and these are lawyers. Yeah, yeah, this. legal advice. <laughs> not from us. It's good money. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, not me. It's good money. And this is based on all just my years of doing this now. And that's what I've seen. So those two creditors tend to be aggressive. There are ones that do not negotiate, and those we do not enroll, like I mentioned. That's just going to make things worse for you. Yeah. So it's a very conservative approach. But the difference in debt resolution to debt settlement, the old way of doing it, debt settlement, you'd build up money in an account and do a one-time cash settlement. Now, we structure these payments because almost all these creditors have a department set up for this. So as soon as they know, they get a letter uh, power of attorney, they know what's coming, and they usually stop calling. They stop wasting their money. But they will have a call center maybe call you, and they're trying to get an extra payment out of you, and that's just free money to them. <laughs> yeah. And I tell them, I go, just ignore the calls. Be polite. If, the, if they call you, just say, this account is being handled by name of the company. Here's their phone number. Thank you very much. And you politely disconnect the call. Mm -hmm. And I tell my clients to block their number. Mm -hmm. I've advised some clients to do things, but legally I can't tell them to do this, but I tell them, hey, Here's what I did. Sure. Say I enrolled debt. I called my creditors that day. I know I'm not going to pay them anymore. And I called the creditor and I said, oh, I just want to let you know I have a new contact phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and I give them the, the negotiation numbers of the company that's handling my debt. And I just connect the call and let them deal with it. Yeah. No, that's perfectly you know, fine. Anybody who's certified can't tell their clients to do that. Yeah. But if it's, it's, it's said correctly, and there's really no harm. And we're not what, endorsing it. It's by right, any means. exactly, <laughs> but it's going to end up that way anyways. Yeah, and some people are, people are very With concerned. Limited power of attorney, of course. But once they receive that and they know what's going on, once the negotiations start, most creditors don't report you late anymore. Okay, but I've found in my in my experience that a lot of the creditors won't. They just don't bother. They don't care. It doesn't help them. And you find out how selfish these creditors are. You think they're your friend, but they're giving you, they lent you thirty thousand dollars. You only have to pay them back forty-five thousand, and you think it's great because you needed that thirty grand right then. And then down the road, you go, "What did I get myself into?" Right. And you get in this cycle. Then you try to find another loan. You never get out of life. And then you're trying to borrow yourself out of debt. Right. That don't work. It's <laughs> okay. like to say you're renting your, out your own house. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of like it is. Yeah. You know, and you just get in this cycle, and you have to break that cycle. So it's a different way of thinking for people. Right. But. It's healthier. It is. And, and, and long term. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are 
kind of waiting on the sidelines to see what's going to happen with the housing market. So I think this is a perfect time for individuals to start looking at their credit reports, looking at their credit situation and reaching out to individuals like yourself. And like you mentioned earlier, too, is more and more people are relying on credit cards and other sources of I I don't want to call it income, but other sources of paying for things. Right. Food, eggs, milk, because the cost of everything is so high. And it just makes it so easy. I mean, like viewers, you guys should try this test at home. Go to the store and pay with cash versus paying with a credit card. It hurts when you're paying cash. You're like counting your coins, counting your dollar bills. It hurts versus swiping. You just go. It's like that's why casinos have chips. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And then I had uh, somebody who taught me a lot about this business tell me once is you can't go into a supermarket and buy food with an 800 credit score. You need to have money. <laughs> so what's more important to you? Right. And if you really realize how many times in your life have you used your credit scores for something? Home purchase? Very rarely. Though. Right. Well, ma- major purchases, of yes. course. Major purchases. But, but not how every many day purchases. in your life? Yeah. You know, at Sell your them. age, yeah. maybe eight. Right. Cars. You can't go to a supermarket and apply for a credit card right there and then to buy your food. Right. <laughs> and then I, and so you realize, okay, if you sacrifice your credit scores for six to 12 months, maybe they'll be down. But normally, once everything's in settlement, in six months, they start coming back up. Mm-hmm. Now, the speed they come back up, depending on the other, that's where the different factors come in. You know, do you have a mortgage? I always compliment people on their mortgage payment. That's very powerful. If you need to build credit and you put all your debt in there and you don't have a mortgage history, maybe get yourself a small secured credit card. I was going to ask you, can you apply while while you're in? If your it's pro- a secured credit card. Okay. Because that's not really giving you credit. It's your money. The first six months while you're – because it's a three- to six-month process to get everything settled. And you have a plan. Of course, you advise them to apply for these credit cards, correct? Yes. I yeah. give them all this advice. Mm-hmm. And I stay in touch with them throughout the process. And – see how they're doing, and we'll get into some other aspects that I follow up on. But they need to uh, don't apply for any new credit until you have all your settlements in place. Yeah, that's an automatic no. Yeah. And it's a I mean, it's, it's a kind of on, a no-brainer if Right, you think and it's about a ding it on your credit. But some yeah. people are like, let's see who says yeah. yes. Now, <laughs> if you have a credit card that you kept, I say the first thing you want to do with your savings each month is pay that down. Do you have do you have an option to choose what credit cards are in your program, or is it just everything just? Well, yes and no. In? There are some, pretty much any credit card is fine. Okay, and there's a lot of other small things involved too. Credit unions are a completely different animal than a bank. Mm-hmm. Now, when you come to cross collateralization, this kind of goes into that conversation. Say you have a credit card with uh, Navy Federal, great organization. You have a car loan with them, okay? Now, they're an exception. They realize the value of debt resolution. They used to cross-collateralize, meaning if you stop paying your credit card, they'll take that debt, they'll attach it to your vehicle. Hmm. Okay? I, I didn't know that. If you have a bank with them, they're going to go into your account and take money. Uh-huh. And, they go and, and they do this based on, we're trying to help you out by getting you caught up on your payments, Okay. But if you've ever had money taken out of your account unexpectedly... That hurts. It hurts big time. Because you had plans for food, groceries, I mean, Whatever you name it. it yeah. may be. Exactly. Yeah. But Navy Federal realizes the, realized the value of debt resolution, so they don't do that anymore. They're the exception in a credit union. But almost all other credit unions, they can do that cross-collateralization or try to make you whole. They'll go into your bank account and take money. They'll look for money. Some sort of like a mini levy. Yeah. So then again, if you have an auto loan with a credit union, again, other than Navy, and you have, you have a credit card in there, we can't enroll that credit card. Mm. Okay? Because what they're going to do is you miss 60 days worth of payments, they're going to look for money. If you don't have an account with them, they'll take it. If you keep missing payments, they'll close the card, shut it out, and they'll take that, whatever that money is, attach it to your auto loan. Wow. Which is obviously a bad thing. Does your payment go up? Um... Not that I'm aware of. That's that's very interesting. Uh, you think you're done paying it, and suddenly you owe. Oh, I owe another nine grand on this car. I know. Yeah, people should definitely read their contract when they buy a vehicle, and also their credit card agreement. I have not seen anybody had a payment change. 
Okay. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't change. It just extends the... Because it's not creating a new agreement. Mm -hmm. It's just adding to it, and they have the right to do that legally. Banks cannot do that. Credit unions can, except Navy. Wow. Because Navy is huge, and they're smart enough. They realize the value of debt resolution. And they're helping active participants. Veterans as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's something to be careful of. Yeah. Um, But the process goes really pretty smooth if you follow the rules. Now, a lot of companies will offer what's called a graduation loan. Now, if you want to buy a house, I think this is the way to go. After everything's in settlement, and you've made payments, um, your six monthly payments into that trust account on time, you have not taken out any new credit, you have not maxed out another credit card that you kept out. Because my number one rule, if you're going to keep a card out, you're taking the savings, the first thing you're doing, like I said, is paying that credit card. Right. First thing. Because that's also going to help your credit scores. Because I'm setting them up to get their credit scores back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. The graduation loan comes in to where if you follow those two simple rules, the company will come to you and say, hey, we're going to give you a loan based on your payment history with us to finish paying off your creditors right now. And guess what that does? Boosts your credit scores way up. Because suddenly yep. you're out of debt. Your payment's almost exactly the same as you'd been paying. So there's no payment shock there. And everything gets paid off immediately. And then within months, your credit scores are much, much higher. Then, if there wasn't much late payments put on, you're 12 months from buying a home. That's uh, that's an unsecured loan, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's an unsecured loan. I mean, the interest is not going to be the best, but it's going to boost because... It's a new, it's, it's a new it's trade high, line. It's kind of high risk. Right. And it's a new trade line for it's you. It's a new trade line for you. Yeah. So there's lots of benefits to it. Right. And that's called your graduation loan. Okay. And some companies offer it very legitimately, and some companies uh, offer it as more of a... What's in it for me? Yeah, they kind of offer it as to get people to sign up, but then they don't approve a whole lot of them. You want a company that's approving at least 80% of them. Sure. Some companies, they sell based on that, but they approve 20% of loans. Okay? They put on these extra little hoops you have to jump through. Yeah, of course. But a legit company will do it and just... Look at their reviews. But you know with anything. Yeah. The unhappy people are the ones that put the reviews up mostly. Right. But you look at their their ratings and Trustpilot and whatever you You just got to you got to read reviews from different sources. Don't just stick to one source. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I tell people uh, some people said you had you have a bad review. I go, "Have you ever looked at Disneyland's reviews?" <laughs> look at your sure. bank. Look at your bank. Look at their reviews. Right. You okay. still bank with them. You still exactly. Yeah. You still bank with them. Yeah. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. But you got to realize that you need to ask all the questions, and if you have a quality rep with you, he's going to be telling you things, uh, answering questions you don't even know to ask. And that's just be comfortable with the person. Look them up. Check them out. Yeah. If you feel good about them, keep going on. But ask the questions. Um, it's a bold, it's a lot of people, it's a bold, scary step because it's the unknown. It is. Once they stop make, making their payments because they've been, yeah, they've been bred their whole life. Okay. Who's been telling us our entire lives to always make your payments to credit cards S- on time? Society, banks. <laughs> exactly. The creditors. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect example is go look at Credit Karma. Yeah. Who pays, who sponsors Credit Karma? Exactly. Credit card companies. Right. So that's okay. why they Credit Karma, uh, I don't have Credit Karma myself. Right. And usually they use a Vantage model. Right. No, Like none of us use a Vantage exactly. model. We use the FICO 2 model. So you get a free credit score, you get excited about it, and guess what? You go apply for a credit card that they get paid on. That's exactly. the whole point of a free credit score. Exactly. That's what I try to educate my, my customers. Yeah, I, I hate, do this. I do the same thing. Be careful. Go, oh, no, credit card that showed me at a 680. No. Nope. Go, I'm showing you to 619. 619. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yours is wrong. I go, well, we pay for them. Yeah. So that's why I always advise people hey, go to Experian, get their 1995 program, and you can get a free FICO 2 for their Experian model. The real deal. The real deal. Every month, you'll get it for free every month. And then they'll do a tri merge on the FICO 8, which. Really, no one uses either, but it gives you some idea of what your credit score is. As opposed to asking me to run your credit, it's going to create a hard inquiry. It's going to lower potentially lower the score if they're not truly serious about buying or refinancing. Yeah, but I just say to people that are scared, oh, I can't stop making my payments. Okay, keep doing what you're doing. Well, make them until you can't, right? Yeah, 
there's going to be a point where you can't. Right. Because if you're living, if you're using, you know, if you're paying 200 bucks on a credit card every month and you're using at least 200 on it every month, you are slowly running into a brick wall mm-hmm. and it's going to hit you. And then oh, I'll just refinance my house. You don't realize that you've had heavy utilization on your credit cards. Anything over 20, 30% will drive your scores down on a regular basis. Right. If you keep it below 10%, your credit scores will go up. If you stay at 20, 30, your credit scores slowly go up. It's maintainable. That's manageable. That's showing financial responsible, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, responsible credit. But when you're running at 80, 90, yeah, but I never missed a payment. I go, why do you have low credit scores? Utilization. Yeah, that's the key. Utilization. Yeah. Utilization, utilization. It's the number one thing people don't know that affects your credit about 30% of anything else. Right. It's a big chunk of it. And they also need a credit mix. Installment yeah. loans, credit card loans, mortgage. Yeah. You want a diversity, you want to diversify, but right. you don't have to go into debt to no. build your credit no, scores. No, you don't. Okay. I suggest people that are, st- if they're starting from scratch, get a secured credit card. Those weigh heavy because you got skin in the game. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So those weigh a lot heavier. You know, and, it, and you can get those on Credit Karma, wherever. So what? You deposit 500 bucks or whatever into, a tr- into an account. That money's earning interest. They give you a credit card for 500 bucks. You pay on it, use it, use your groceries. Discipline. Right. That's what we're talking about here is creating discipline. You use it for gas. You pay it off every month. Right. And in about six months, they're going to probably give you another $300 worth of credit. I always advise for them to leave at least a $25 balance in there. Creditors yeah. do want to make some interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, leave a little <laughs> bit in there. That's, yeah. That's fine. Manageable, yeah. of course. And it's diversifying your credit. Yeah. It's a secured card. And then after 12 months, standard is this 12 months, they send you your cash back. Mm-hmm. And then you have established credit, but you've had skin in the game, so right. it weighs heavy. And then now you can go to Costco, apply for their credit card. There you go. Store cards. I'm not a yeah. big fan of store cards. The only time I let let people, I usually direct people what to do because I'm the professional. I know how this works. They're telling me what they want to do. I said, great. How's that been working for you? I mean, with, with respect, of course, but right. our conversations are very frank. They have to be. They ha- Yeah, you have to be. I don't, you don't want to tell me, I don't want to, you don't want me to tell you what you want to hear. It's no longer sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the bottom line is here's where you're headed. Well, no, I can handle it. How? They never have an answer. So it's all respect. Yeah. And, but I can be a little tough on people because you're denying the truth. You don't need to believe me. You right. need to believe yourself. Yeah. You're trying to help. Yes. So I'm just giving you a little self-realization here. So you don't have to believe or trust me. But numbers don't lie. But they don't help tell the whole truth either. No, they don't. Right? That's why I am a strong believer that AI can't do your job, can't do my job. You need to have the emotional factor. You need to see the entire picture. And I can tell you, for being on the phones for many years doing this, it's exhausting. Sure. Because you, I I know how you work, you're... Vested in every client, you know, to certain levels. And you have to be sincere and truthful what you do. And it takes a lot out of you. Empathetic, yeah. You know, you have to be sincere. I care about every person I enroll because I'm helping them, changing their lives. And they're putting a little bit of faith in me and the product. So I take that very seriously. Yeah, and we don't want to disappoint. No, no. It's reputation and everything else. And I want to – and what I find is some of these very large – I'm not going to name any names of companies, but very large debt resolution companies, that's where people kind of get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, they, sh- they learn. Yeah. And those reps usually, they only know what they're told. They haven't been doing it. They haven't even had a person graduate or finish the product ever. They're like order takers. They don't know anything. So they're going to tell you what they know. And they just got out of training and they're just going to vomit information on you. Sure. Okay. Because they think they know everything now. The only way, like in your business, the only way you're going to get good at it is just by doing it Experience. day after day, right. month after month, year after year, because you find all these things. You can't learn this stuff in training. No, you can't learn it in, in the textbooks, continuing education online. No, it's by experience doing it. And I do a lot of uh, coaching in those regards with some guys that are fairly new in the business. And they do really well, and then they kind of stumble a little bit because they think they know everything. I see it all day long, all day long. <laughs> you know, and it just takes experience. Sure. And so 
these larger companies hire some newer people to the business, put them through two or three week training class, and they put them on the phones. And they're just going through a script. And the script takes you down a journey of where you are and exposes um, all the issues. Self-realization. It exposes your, their, and when you get, they get good at it, they're turning your, uh, turning your, making your goals bigger than your fears. But without being sincere, it doesn't come across. I think you have to embrace your fears, yeah. and then you can move on. And you can't fake sincerity. Mm-mm. You can lie, but you can't fake sincerity. Right. I mean, it's just, you can't. That's why I like dealing with people over the phone versus just email and text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even if you can't. I'm now, old school. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very much so. I want to hear their voice. Yeah. I want to hear their inflections. And have them hear me, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And because... Like everybody said a million times, it's just as much how you say what you say. Right. You know? And it's the same thing in debt, is you have to have some faith and trust because these people are going to go, they're going to jump off the cliff with you. Mm-hmm. And you got to know that I'm holding your hand the whole way down. Yeah. I've been down this many times. I know what to expect. But these younger people, they don't know, and they just put this, they don't, they don't set proper expectations. Listen, this is you didn't get into debt overnight. No. You're not going to get out overnight. Right. Okay? It's going to take time. It's going to take work. It's going to take discipline. But this is going to get you where you want to be. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're just you're going month to month, month to month, and your home is a dream. And once you finish, that's the beginning to a beautiful journey. Then you can start looking into You're taking one step a home. back right. to get the two steps forward. But if you want to start and you want to get a home, because I'll talk to somebody who's in their – late 50s or early 60s and want to retire, different. it's a different conversation right. than somebody's in their 20s, a young couple in their 20s that have school debt and they had a baby and they're living month to month. They're both working. They make decent money, but with the cost of living and rent and everything, they can't save. Can you negotiate student loans? Private student loans, yes. Not federal? Not federal. Okay. Not at all. But private, loan, private student loans, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a specialty, but yes. But you talk to them differently because we want to get we want to get into a home. Of course you do. I'll bet you want to buy a home before your little ones start school. Okay. So what do we have here? A two three year window. Okay. Have you been able to save anything? No. Okay. So what we need to do, and then I'll look at their credit and I'll say, okay, here's what I see. I see the debt. I see you are using your credit cards actively, and it looks like you're using you're carrying you've about fifty percent balances on them. How long has that been? Well, it's been going up a little bit. Okay, so we need to get you. And how much are you putting on the credit card each month? So that calculates where I need to get their payment. First thing is when you find yourself in a hole, is put down the shovel. Yeah. Okay. Stop using the credit cards. Okay. Do you recommend them cutting them if they have no discipline? <laughs> <laughs> I have done that with people over the phone. One guy went out and he burned them. <laughs> but I don't tell them to do that until we're done. Yeah. With okay. the program. So Put them away. Can you reuse You can reuse the cards once they're paid off, or no? No, no, no. that's it, right? The accounts will be closed. That's it. Okay. But you're not going back to what I was saying earlier. You're not burning your bridge with these creditors. Yeah. Because we're creating new terms with your creditors, and between your trust account, we're going to satisfy those new terms. Okay. So you're left in good standing with the creditors. So you, potentially you can reapply. Absolutely, they're going to send you offers. Okay. Because they want to get you in debt again. <laughs> but. Most of my clients have learned. I have yet to have a repeat client. Okay. That's good. I'm proud of that. That's good. Right. Not for you. (laughs) Well, yeah, not for me. No, you want repeat clients. We want repeat clients. Exactly. I don't. No, you don't. Because if I've done my job properly, they don't need to come back to me anymore. Absolutely. They've learned their lesson in a sense. Yeah. But the conversation with the younger couple is getting them on that path. So I get them to saving X amount of dollars per month. They have enough extra money where they don't need to lean on credit. They're packing away money every month. And they have that money. If something emergency comes up, they can tap into it if they have to. But once they start saving money, I found that people want to keep adding more to it. Yeah. They start cutting other corners. Hey, I just saved another 10 bucks. Hey, we don't need to go out to eat tonight. And they start, they want to pad that. So it creates, so it takes, and I've, I've had it with some people, they had a spending addiction. I got them into a saving addiction. Much healthier. It is. <laughs> and I think you have to visualize your expenses. You have to write them down. Yes. You have either on your phone, on a board, paper, something. You need yeah. to visualize them because and even though they're in your bank account, they're leaving your account every single month. Right. 
you don't check your account every single day. You don't look through your account every single day. But if you visualize and you see your expenses, I think that changes your whole mindset. But it, it, it's exciting. It is. And I love it when I get somebody in that position. And I have had clients call me back and say, hey, we just qualified for a mortgage. Awesome. You know? And some of the people, they'll email me or something and say, we just qualified for a mortgage and we have the down payment and we're going home shopping this weekend. And I wanted to call and let you know that. Great go, feeling. You have no idea how what that means to me. Yeah. You know? And I did have a client once name name a kid after me, too. <laughs> I, told, I think I told you that you story did, you before. Did. Yeah. yeah. That kid's got to be about uh, eight or nine now. <laughs> but um, the simple path is you have to find somebody you're comfortable with. You have to trust them. And you have to understand what's going on. Well, you do have that that very pleasant voice. You have that radio voice, <laughs> and I have the I have the face for radio too. <laughs> yeah. Also. So, but hopefully we get a lot of likes. Just I love what because I because of you. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love what I do. Um, I like helping people, and as the older I get, the more I find out that as the older you get, you find out what you know. My dad always you find out what vegetables you like. Um, I find out what makes me happy. Yeah. I like to help people. And I know you have that in too. Yeah. It's very satisfying to you when you're going handing somebody a keys to their house. Exactly. Yeah. You're there for it. This is not a job. Yeah. You're for, you're making dreams happen. Right. It, it's so cool. You're just as excited as them because mm-hmm. you remember when you bought your first home. Yep. The feeling's amazing. It, it really is. is. It truly is. Until yeah. you get your mortgage bill. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. You get that little. I like. You ah. don't have a payment for forty five days right. or something. Yeah. You're like. Ugh. But you've but they've had the discipline now. Yeah. They know what's coming. And they're on a budget, and they stay on the budget. I ask clients a lot of times, too, is, would you rather have $5,000 in cash in a savings account, or would you rather, and these are people who have credit card debt, or would you rather have $5,000 available on a credit card? You'd be amazed how many people say that they want the money on a credit card. (laughs) I go, wait a minute. You realize what you just said here. You have to repay it. You have $5,000. You have $5,000. Tangible assets. Yeah. On a credit card, that's available credit to you. You don't have that money. Right. But you'd be amazed how many people say that. Mm. And it just gives me, I, I ask that question a lot because it just tells me what they really don't understand. Well, one of the main problems that I've seen here is that they don't teach credit education in school. <laughs> I, they should. More than, you know, cooking or anything like that. Right, or something. right. How to balance a checkbook. I think anybody who graduates high school should have at least a quarter or something of how to balance a checkbook. Right. How the real world works out there with credit. Right. Credit cards, how you calculate credit card payments. That's what seniors should be taught. Rather than loan. Simple interest compared to revolving interest. Okay. And it's amazed people that I educate most people I talk to. Do you understand your credit card? Yeah, that loan, your loan... It's because I'm going to do a consolidation loan. That interest is higher than my credit card. I go, is it really? Let's do the math. <laughs> you understand that you're 25% interest on your credit card. You take 25%, you divide it by 365 days. They're, com- they're consolidating. They're compounding that every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 0.05% or whatever it is, right? Then the next day, they do the same thing. So it's compounding on itself. That's the problem. Really? That's how they do it? Yes. You don't know that. It should be some sort of exit interview or something that you need to understand that. Yeah. And what they do is these creditors, creditors, yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, you see them all over this time of year on campuses, mm-hmm. in college. Apply for this, apply for apply that. For Christmas is coming. And how many people do you know, or I've, I've run across many that, yeah, I've had this, I got in debt in college. Really? Luckily for me, my dad taught me to pay everything in cash. Yes. So and your and your mother too won't let you get it. Yeah. Right? So when when I got married, my wife's like, "How come you don't really have any credit?" It was all cash is king. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And if you can't sleep in it or drive it, you shouldn't finance it. I agree. I you agree. Know? Needs and wants. It, that's something I taught my kids at a very young age. <laughs> the difference between needs and wants. They go, "Oh, I need this." I go, "Do you?" Well, right. I want it really bad. <laughs> when the kids were little, can you and live I without that? Yeah, I taught them. That's that. a great lesson. And yeah, one of them it stuck, one not so much. But it's those are life lessons. But like you said, they're absolutely they should teach something like essentials. That yeah, in school, it would save so many people. But you know who would fight that all day long? 
Creditors, predators. <laughs> yeah. The, predator, the predator creditors. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's doing a disservice. Um, to society, pre- of course. Yeah. yeah. Look at all the stadiums, pro sports stadiums around the country. And you see the ads. How many of them are, spo- how many of them are, they're titled uh, by SoFi. Right. Okay. Here in LA. They're a credit card company. They're a finance company. Right. Capital One, Allegiance, all these companies, they're finance companies. They're making a lot of money, okay? That's what, that's what they can afford to have a stadium well, named on, after them. And that brings up something else. Is you, if I get some like old school people that say, no, 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 I borrowed the money, I used the money, I need to pay it back. Listen, I understand that. I respect that. You had to pay the VIG back then. Get your you legs broken. That's right. You got to pay the <laughs> Come VIG. Come back and break your legs. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay, you got the house got to get its peace, you know? <laughs> yeah. But what they do is, is I go, listen, you understand this creditor is going to be made whole. Yeah. Okay? Just not by you. So they're not, they're not going hungry. Okay, you're not taking money out of anybody's pocket. Right. Because there are tax incentives and special programs for these creditors to write off the debt. Can they double dip? Because I, I do believe that I have seen it when they charge off the debt, they sell the debt to a collection agency. And then now they're double dipping. Yeah, but that collection agency can't go after you once it's been written off. It happened so many way. times, though. I mean, I've seen it happen with, with so many of my clients. Well, that's why it's not to bed, not bad to get a 1099 on the debt. Because, and I tell people this, because a lot of people don't realize. They go into a debt program, and they don't realize that your forgiven debt is considered income. Right. Okay? And then you're suddenly caught off guard with a 1099 for... $4,500 or something, you have to add to your income. And that's another thing to consider as well. And they need to talk to the tax person because then they can put you over a certain um, yes. well, bracket, then, tax bracket. Yeah, and then there's, uh, what is it, a 985 form C, uh, solvency. So if you're not solvent, you don't have to pay money. The, you don't have to include that. Okay. 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 If you're basically your uh, debt outweighs your assets. Okay. okay. Basic description of solvency. So most of the customers may qualify for that. Yes. Homeowners with equity, they have assets, they have cars that are paid off that's worth a lot of money, and then you may not be insolvent. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're insolvent, any tax preparer would know this. Yeah. And Mike could talk much more about that. Sure. We've had on this show. Yep. Very experienced tax guy. And then you don't have to pay tax on that. So a lot of people go, oh, okay. But I say, it looks like you might be, so what I would do, your W-2 employee, I would talk to your tax person and just adjust your withholding slightly to cover it, just yeah. in case. Because if you do get 1099s, you got to cover it. If you don't, you get a bigger return. Yeah, exactly. Okay? A little savings account for you, too. But this time of year, um, you get a lot. Of, we get a lot of people calling because I work for a lender. We try to get people loans. If not, we refer them to a debt resolution. If you... People are calling in now, and they're trying to get a loan because for Christmas. <sighs> Not a good idea. No, <laughs> you're like prepare preparing yourself to get in, into debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you look at their credit, and they have maxed out credit cards, and you're going, and you're a code ten, which you see on credit reports. Yeah. Okay, meaning you're hitting your balances. That is a signal to all other lenders to red go. Flag. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's a red flag. So. But people calling and looking for cash loans to go through the holidays with. And I said, listen, first of all, I said, personally, best Christmas I ever had, I paid for in cash. Now, you're paying on these credit cards. I'm going to guess you used those last Christmas, and you're paying on them. And now you're looking for a loan for Christmas. You may really want to go back to the needs and wants again. Okay. Right. You really need to keep your, yourself. So there are situations like that. And then I, I also speak to a lot of elderly ladies that uh, their grandsons or grandkids have kind of taken advantage of them in a sense because they're your grandkids. And all you do is just show them your little puppy dog eyes and you need this computer or finance a car for them or whatever. And they're on fixed income. And now they're going, they they're, can't buy food. Yeah. Because they're on a fixed income. So those are people I help. And I go, listen, put yourself in a situation where, situation where you can only help to a certain amount. Because you had thirty thousand dollars worth of credit available to you, get yourself where you have maybe three or five thousand dollars worth. Well, for for individuals like that lady, if she's a homeowner, reverse mortgages actually would be a benefit. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Get them out of the trouble. Right. But only have only have access to maybe five thousand dollars. Not so you can't get yourself in trouble. Exactly. So you're truly saying no. You're saying I can't. You're not saying I won't. Right. And protect yourself, because more than likely they're not going to be there to help you out. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they're putting you in that position, they're not going to be there to help you. Right. But back to the homeowner thing is, you just have to be willing. Unless you're on a hard plan, you got to turn that dream into a reality. And that's what I really like to do is get them on that path. You're going to take a step back. Don't be scared. I got you. Here's your proper expectations. Now you guys are going to get just excited about saving money, you know, for at least closing costs because there's lots of programs for down payments. Oh, totally. Yeah. Zero down payment programs. And but there's some catches to those things too, aren't there? Yeah. Pros and cons. There's no such thing as free money. Another thing I say, if you're not paying for it today, you'll pay double for it tomorrow. Right. So I always like to advise people like, hey, if you can get some cash out of your 401k, if you have some cash stashed under your mattress. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have it in your bank account. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you can get a gift from a family member, a wealthy uncle, wealthy cousin. Is there still three three months uh, a, seasoning for that? Now yeah. Too? Two months seasoning. You have to make sure that your, your funds are seasoned. Of course, anti-money laundering laws apply. So make sure that those funds right. are I've from legitimate sources. I've had to take those courses every year. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. We're not You're taking right. any any questionable money. No, 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 no way, Jose. Uh, so I always try to encourage people to put some skin in the game. Three and a half percent down. Three percent for individuals that can qualify for certain programs. Now in California, that's a chunk of money. It is. <laughs> it is. So, um, but the beauty about the the current housing situation right now and interest rates there's a power vacuum buyers don't realize that they have the power and the sellers still think that they have the power Mm, okay so homes are now sitting for much longer and now you have realtors that are some of them are maybe in denial some of them don't want to be the first realtor to go into a neighborhood and then bring that neighborhood down because their buyer wants to submit a a lowball offer so it's a very interesting uh, point in history right now. So there are some, if, if your realtor can negotiate some seller credits, you can get some some good concessions, seller concessions to help you with your closing costs. You can buy down your interest rate. So you're not stuck at a 6 7%. You can go buy it down to a 5 5.5%. I didn't think a lot about that, but you're right. These realtors are in a very peculiar situation they right are. now because they want to be the one that, Sold it, bringing the market up. Right. They want to have that. Okay, the last house that sold here was six hundred thousand. I just sold this for six thirty. They're bringing the market up. You don't want to be the one that does the opposite. You don't. So that so yeah. it's 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 so that's why the the power vacuum exists right now. So and they had the conversations with the seller going, listen, here's the reality. Right. It. So you have to let the market dictate the home. If a seller, if a buyer sees, because the seller will always want to buy high, the buyer will always want to buy low. Sure. So. And then we're stuck in the middle. So it, there has to be some great negotiations, some great terms for both the sellers and the buyers. Let's say with us, we can close these escrows in 15 days. So that's a great incentive to the sellers because they can get the cash in and out, ready to go. So it's, it's, it's a weird time in history. Interesting. But this is the perfect time to set yourself up to buy a home in the next 18 to 24 months. For people that have the credit issues, of course. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or just improve your well, financial situation. Correct. Your down payment. Save save more money for down payment. Yeah. Better more down payment, better rate, better options, more you have more options in in mortgages. The down payment programs are out there, but some of them may be predatory. Who knows? Uh, I know Bank of America just released a, a community program. Uh and I think it's for specific zip codes. And really? Yes. And I think Chicago, LA. I think they have specific zip codes that you can buy. So you can't just buy anywhere with these. It's a community down payment program. That doesn't, redlining doesn't apply to any Well, of it reminds something? me of the like post 1960s era. Because I remember my MLS stuff and everything. Right. So it's like yeah. reverse redlining. I don't know. But Interesting. I, mean, I mean, I'm Hispanic and I can, I can say whatever I want <laughs> about <laughs> these programs. And uh, I want to live somewhere where, Number one, the bank doesn't tell me where I can or can't buy at. And then number two, I want to live if I want to live in a Hispanic only neighborhood or a Chinese only neighborhood or a white neighborhood or a 
uh, multicultural. Yeah, they wrote, it, it doesn't right. matter. I want to live where I want to live. Right. Not where you tell me what zip code I need to live in. Well, and plus some of these in these uh, down payment assistant programs that I've heard about. Some have some catches. You can't sell for a certain amount of time. If you want to you have, have your, if you want to have the down payment forgiven, I believe that they will forgive it within five years, but they will send you a ten ninety nine. Of course they will. So IRS wants their piece. Mm -hmm. Always, yes. So then now it's income. Now it can affect your tax bracket. So before you get into these down payment assistance programs, be sure to consult with your tax person. Hey, if I get ten thousand uh, dollars in income one year, how does that affect me financially with my taxes? Now, have you spoken to um, on behalf of your clients spoken to their tax people sometimes? I have. Yeah, I love these uh, three way calls, these conference yeah, calls. Yeah, because they're in the middle. They don't have an experience on either side. No. So when you guys talk, that would be because they don't know what to ask. No, and then and they don't trust me. I'm just uh, I'm commission based. Yeah. So I'm in their eyes. I'm trying to sell a product. Sure. Which I'm not. But when we have these conversations, it it builds more. Uh, it gives me more more rapport as well with with them, and and we've created a relationship. Yeah, it's just not trying to get them in the property and no no no. It's a long term thing. Right. Yeah, because you want to be this person they come to to refinance or buy their next house or their kids' houses or whatever. This it is. first house will not be their only house. No. Right. No. So it's yeah, I want homes. to be there for the second, third, fourth home. Same thing for their friends and family for their sphere of influence. I want to be there and yeah. I want to make sure that I am reputable. Like we said, yeah. I don't want repeat business. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very big difference from what we do. But if I do my job right, the people will get into the home. Right. Stay out of debt, and I never hear from them again. Absolutely. That's beautiful. That's yeah. me doing my job. You know, but they have to, you have to take a good, serious look. And there is no, there is no harm, no foul, no credit effect, nothing to call, check it out, run the numbers. And if you feel comfortable with the person on the phone, great. If not, call another company. Right. But legitimate good companies will not, um, there are no fees. And fees are always built into the payments, but there is no cost, no fees until they don't charge you a dime until they do what they say they're going to do. So they are performance space. So put you on the same page with them, too. They want to get it done as quickly as they can because they want their cut. Of course. Okay? And you want to get it done as quickly as you can because you want to rebuild your credit and become lendable. Yep. So I always tell people, I go, my two priorities are I want to get you out of debt, but I also want to get you lendable as soon as possible. And I want to get paid. <laughs> and I want to get paid. And you got to stay in the program. The first 90 days are crucial. Don't change your payments. Make your payments on time. Get used to that new budget. You're going to have more cash, and you get to decide where the money goes, yeah. not the creditors. Because how many people do I deal with that their paychecks are gone before they get them? They're month to month. They're check to check. Of course. They don't have a decision. Everything's gone. Yeah. Now, suddenly, I cut their debt in half, the payments in half, so they get to decide where the money goes. Now, I want you to, one, if you have any credit cards that are not enrolled, like I've said, pay those down. Mm -hmm. Then I want you to save some money. When was the last time you had two grand in the bank? Oh, God, I, I, I never. Okay. I want you to get a couple thousand dollars behind you, cash. Another thing schools should be teaching how to save. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not really funny, but. I, you would be amazed how many people say, well, I need the credit card for emergency. Okay, your credit cards are maxed out. How many emergencies did you have? What would you do? What would you do today? Dead silence. Right. I don't, I don't know. It is scary. Okay. And then I go, what's better to have? $5,000 on a credit card available or $5,000 in the bank? Yeah. Let's start getting you $5,000 in the bank. That should be your rainy day fund. That Absolutely. should be your emergency fund. Absolutely. You borrow money from yourself. Yeah. And I'll tell you, once you start saving money, you want more. Well, this brings me to another interesting uh, topic that you and I discussed a couple months ago. Uh, I know Kevin Sordo. He's uh, our camera guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's my brother. Uh, he's an insurance broker right now, and you and I spoke about life insurance for younglings. Yeah. So him and I have talked about it as well, and I have life insurance for my two kids. So it's a great way for them to so – we're paying for it. So they come of age, 19, 20, 21 years old. They can borrow against their life insurance policy, and voila, there's a down payment right there. Yeah. Or sometimes for their first vehicle or yeah. something like that. It gives them a little leg up, mm -hmm. and it's not expensive. If you start at Gerber, has some that are pretty good, okay? But I know 
Kevin, you have all sorts of different varieties in there. I actually looked at the Gerber's one once when my granddaughter was born, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, yeah, Kevin, I may need to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so th there, there's there's many ways to prepare and and you know think about the future for your kids, for for the for parents out there. But I really think that this is a perfect time to get your financial affairs in order. Yeah. To get out of debt, or to buy to buy that home you've been looking for, because if you start setting yourself up now, you know. You're going to be there ready when the market's ripe, right? Because you don't want to be. You'll never at the time top. it. That's one thing. You'll never time it either. It's no. it's one thing. Uh, a, a close colleague of mine said: you date the rate and you marry the home. So the rate will fluctuate through time, but once you buy that home, you pay the cash for it or you get a loan for it. That's it. Yeah. You paid for it once, and that's it. Your rate you'll refinance three, four, five times during the lifetime of that loan. Yeah. How long do people stay in their mortgages nowadays? Less than, less, I think it's less than seven less years. Than, it was when when I was back doing mortgage, it was about seven years, and that was, and then it's it's shortened up. It has, them. yeah. So another another thing, interesting uh, point in time now, there is a shortage of homes because the people that refinance back in 2020, 2021 have the low rates. They don't want to sell. They don't want to leave those loans. Yeah. So guess what? We still have that problem of shortages. Yeah, people say, God, but look at the value of my house. <clears throat> okay, but what are you going to do? Nothing. Now, if you're cashing out and going to move to Costa Rica, different story. Right. Okay, but if you're cashing out and we'll buy another home, people in California are cashing out and moving someplace else and buying yeah. a house. Cash. Right. Which is increasing those markets, okay, but... And they don't care about the interest rates because they're not, they're not financing. Cash. So so many so many so factors. it's really messing things up in other people. I feel sorry for, for people living right. in these nice, small, beautiful towns. Yeah, and you have good people moving there with perfect intentions, but they're just screwing the market up. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of people, for locals to be able to. Buy. So it's it's a weird time in history. We'll be in the history yeah. books, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably already in them. <laughs> All right, Linton. Just well, I'm old. it was great having you. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, we sure hope to have you back here in the future. Anytime, anytime. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Doug, he knows how to get a hold of me. Sounds All good. All right. Great. Thank, Thank you, everyone. You. Thank you.